Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Uh oh! Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on! I know you can hear me. It's Hump Day. Hump Day. Let's get rolling. This is the Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. How's it going over there, Gordo? How are you hanging in? Where are you? How are you hanging on? Where are you? That's what it is. Every time I come in here, I have to turn this this blasted thing down because it is Hans, cranked all the way up. Hans likes it loud. Uh, Want to say thanks to our title sponsor, Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Gordon, have you, have, have you seen Austin today? Uh, just looking through the glass. Have you really looked at Austin today? I shaved. Look at that. Can you uh, look at that? Uh, look at that uh, dust mop he's got below his nose there. And he left the stash. He's he's got a good he's got a good looking mustache. I told him I thought it was a good look for him, which I do. Austin, first of all, we need the background on this. Why did this happen? And how did it happen? And how do you feel about it happening? Uh, I don't care for it, frankly. I, I'm not. If you want to sport just a mustache, you go for it. I don't. I don't want to. Well, sport then why are you doing much. it? Because I'm. I'm in a play. Ah, that's and right. that character requires specific facial hair. You couldn't so. have your beard. Nope. Didn't. They didn't wear beards in the 30s, is what I was told. So. I. Uh, they I, didn't. I honestly think he looks sharp. I think it softens his look a little bit. That's what I was. Jake I was said telling. it makes me less intimidating. Right. Uh, I, I like the it, beard. It makes him more approachable. I like. I like the beard. Well, you can like the 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 mustache and still like the beard. You know, it's not you know one or the other. Well, I know I'm you've. Not, I've, I know you've had your your not, your particular look, facial hair. I'm not saying that he, it's not a good look for him like this, but I prefer Austin with the beard. Uh, it just uh, it adds character. <laughs> and the mustache doesn't add any character. Uh, the mustache, uh, <laughs> the mustache looks like he is going to be in a certain time period in a play. Yeah, he looks like a character right now. Yeah. So I mean, obviously full of character. Do I look like I could be an extra? I don't know. In the in the in an episode of Chips back in the day. <laughs> You got a little cop look to you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If I had okay. some mirrored glasses on. What is uh, remember, that, remember that line from uh, Bill Murray? On Saturday Night Live, lose the stash. You look like a Denver cop. I don't remember that, but that sounds no. hilarious. No. Uh, 
<laughs> the most the most important question to ask Austin is, <laughs> what does Whitney think? Uh, she loves me no matter what. No, I know that. She thinks it looks fine. What she was, prefers the beard yes, as I well, do, I do too. as do I, but you know. What was, I want to know what her immediate, like, first look response was. She laughed out loud. Did she? <laughs> you do look different. Yeah, you, I, you, yeah I do. Yeah. You do look very different. I look like the picture that you show your kids don't go with this person. I know what I look like. I'll I'll tell you what is not going to happen to you with that look. You're not going to get confused for a neo-Nazi on the bus. That's not going to happen. Right. Well, but that, no, it's closer than the full beard is. No, you you look more like (laughs) you really do. It's going in that direction. I'm not sure you're helping. No, but Austin, he, he just looked more aggressive with the beard. This, this, oh, no, I the see. beard looked distinguished. This screams dad. I didn't. I don't. I the still mustache, don't have a face tat. This, this screams like <laughs> dad. Like you, you look like you read a novel before you go to bed. You know, you, <laughs> I do, you, yes. you, you look like you, you stepped right out of traditional Americana. Get to the point, Mr. Grisham. I'm getting bored. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what that's what you look at. That's the vibe that's coming off. Keep it uh, down in there. It's after 9 p.m. How, yes. lo- how long do you have to stay in character? I mean, for- till March. <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited. You know what's going to be weird? We're going to get used to him like this, and then it's going to be weird when he goes back to his normal self. But I do like the distinguished beard. I, I think. But Austin's a handsome guy, so he can, he can pull off whatever he wants. I think uh, my daughter has never seen my face, by the way, without how, a beard. How did that did go? You, we thought maybe there'd be a moment where she uh, was there recoiled. Not? She didn't give a flip. Um, didn't care at all. I, I'm telling you, I mean, the kids a lot of times pick up on that stuff. My my sister, when she had a little one that was quite little, she got her hair cut shorter. And when she showed up, her 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 toddler started crying. Yeah, yeah, I've seen things like that. Yeah, I, I don't know, but well, you do what you do. You know, you want to play this role. We're eager to go see him. And by the way, if I could do a shameless plug, since we're talking about it, go right ahead. Hopeboxtheater.com up in Kaysville, guys and dolls. Make sure you select the cast I'll be part of, and I'll see you up there in February. Who are it's you? It's for a great cause. It's for a woman named Margot. Who's uh, for, or, or is battling breast cancer, oh. a rare, rare form of it, and the proceeds of this show are being gifted to her awesome. to fight that. So, Good. hopeboxtheater.com. Okay. I'm playing Nathan Detroit in Guys and Dolls. Okay. Which is cool. I've, I've, I was excited when you said you were going to do this because, uh, you, you know, Austin's a passionate performer. He quite, is. Quite talented as well. And can't be outdone by his brother. I mean, so no, come on. There's, there's my brother's rivalry. professional. There's, I'm just a, an amateur hack. There's, there's some family competition there because you know Austin's got to he's got to keep up with the Joneses, right? No, he does it because he likes it. He does no, that's it true. He loves it. That's true. So uh, that's the only good reason to do just about anything. Although sometimes you got to do things that you don't want to do just because uh, they need to be done. But uh, if you're going to pursue something, you might as well make it one of your passions, and that's what he's doing. See, don't you look like Austin? He, he, he looks like he's somebody who's sitting up in bed with the lamp on, and he's, <laughs> he's got a book out in front of him. And you I've know, got a full pot roast mill in my belly. And, dear, that was a fine roast tonight, yes. I must say. When I have to go into the office tomorrow. <laughs> right. That's, that's what I'm picturing right there. Hmm. All right. I didn't picture that. 
I just thought Austin looked like he was missing something. Nobody has a way with the sentence like Hemingway, I tell you. <laughs> you think he's he's just like stroking his chin, hatching novels of his own in his brain? Just, the prose of the rose, I suppose. <laughs> no, I just I think he he looks like uh, like a stereotype of of middle America. If I had it like a beret on, <laughs> would I look <laughs> like a smart person? Would you uh, give us a little uh, give us a little uh, taste of uh, what you do in your role? <laughs> what am I supposed? to Wow! Get into character real quick here, just, and let's hear. I something. talk with a Brooklyn accent. All right, well, let's hear it. No, you you bums. We got we got the split story, dude. Got the New York Knicks in town. We got to get going with the big show today here on the Zone Sports Network. And do you sing too? So yeah, I what? sing. Do you sing? Let's hear something. You I ain't sing. no canary. You're not gonna make me sing for no money. I sing. Pay the band. Gordon, give him like... Give him Your a, dice. Give him a hundred bucks. Roll, will you? <laughs> All right. I think I, I, I think Austin needs to, to tweet out a picture of this because... Doug, not a prayer. Doug tweets and says, does he have an 80s porn stash? And that's not that's not the look. It's it, not what it is. It's somewhere between that and pencil thin. It's not. <laughs> yeah. it, that's that's not the look that Austin is rocking right now. I think you should send out a picture. Not, I I, no. Why not? Because you know who's avi that will be until I am no longer a, a, around. Well, have you seen him? I'm surprised he hasn't taken a He's picture tried. already. He's has tried he? all day. Yes, he really. You should let him do it. It's no. An, it's inevitable. Do you remember the Ken Bone business? I do. <laughs> not happening, guy. <laughs> I do remember that. I see a little more. Remember Mike from IT? Yeah, I do remember. No, not helping that fool. Uh, Doug also wants to know, is he a buddy of Chester? (laughs) I don't think, see, that's what I'm saying. It's not a a Chester look. But Chester probably has a mustache. But Chester probably does have a mustache. (laughs) And it curls on the end. uh, (laughs) Not all mustaches are created equal. No, or Chester's. Are you uh, are you going to uh, like when you're on stage? Do you have to like do the whole makeup thing and 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 uh, sort of uh, pencil that thing in even more? <laughs> Why it's, it's not full enough for you? Is that what we're getting? At here? No, no, I just wondered. On stage, does it take on? Do you have to embellish it? No. How do you what you, you what what? I don't know what the styles like. Were get extensions for my mustache. Yeah, you, I don't, I don't get where you're going here either. Oh, darken it, you know, so that it's more pronounced. Oh, they might do that, like with some mascara on yeah. it or whatever. Probably, I don't know. Was uh, when do they people were, really care about any of this? No, probably. Yeah, not. I don't uh, think so. When they were casting you, did they ask you about your mustache growing ability? Uh, they asked if we would be okay altering our appearance. Well, what if they uh, uh, like asked for? I said yes, but no implants is okay. what I really said. <laughs> I got you. Man. Okay. What would have happened if you had held firm on that? No implants. No, I did. <laughs> no, altering your appearance. Would they have not but, casted you? I don't know. I probably. I, I. I would like to think I'm talented enough. Yeah. They'd still want me in the show. Yeah. But, yeah. I think but, that, I mean, I'm not trying to impress I, anybody. I, I think somebody fed you a line there, man. They wore beards in the 30s. Yeah, they were called the Amish. And prisoners. <laughs> That's not true. Google beards in the 30s. And, <laughs> and, and see if any of them are wearing shoes. 
Oh, Austin, I'm proud of you. I think man. you look sharp. He's doing Thanks. a big yes, show proud. All right. Uh, let's let's talk about some sports, shall we? Okay. Uh, yes, please. Let's get uh, we'll get to David Locke top of the four o'clock hour, but let's talk a little basketball. It's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. I know it's hard for, to understand for the fans, like when you play a team that has a losing record, but these guys are NBA players. Uh, you know, everyone has something to, to prove. Everyone wants to, you know, to, to, to gain some minutes, to get a new contract, to, you know, to show their worth and uh, want to play hard. And when, especially when you lose, you want to come out and play even harder. You know, you want to you wanna play more physical. You want to, you know, try to change the game a little bit. So we know that it's going to be a physical game and we know it's a, it's a good test for us. Rudy Gobert from the Shootaround Show earlier today. The New York Knicks are in town to take on the Jazz. Gordon, the Knicks coming in at 10-27. and 27. They are tied for 13th place in the Eastern Conference. However, they have played a little bit better as of late after they fired David Fisdale, their coach. Rudy's pretty smart. Everything he said there is right on the money, I think. Because... Guys, these are NBA players, and yeah, the team is not good. The Jazz are far superior. But on any given night, it is so true that the team can go out there and try and try and make you look bad. And sometimes they succeed. We see upsets in the NBA all the time, and that's the kind of attitude that uh, a favored team has to have. And Rudy, you know, he, I don't know whether every player has that same kind of pride that he does, but some do. And some who aren't all that good. And sometimes that, uh, on a, in a given game, that can make up the difference. I I think Rudy uh, Rudy is really an intelligent man. I think. Yeah, he he's very smart. And listening to him on the post game shows and pretty much after almost every game, Rudy will he'll he'll shoot you straight. I mean, Rudy will 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 give you his opinion, and usually it's it's a very intelligent one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you combine his intelligence with his drive, and you see why he's become such a better player. Yeah, that, that, and that drive thing, that pride thing is, is so big with him. He, and that's what great players have to have, because otherwise they just blend into the, the fabric of everyone else. He could have been Kirilla Fasinko. Yeah. That, that could have been him. He could have come in with this you know, God-given size— and, you know, Carrillo wasn't uh, un—I mean, he wasn't the most athletic guy in the world, but he could move around, right? But he had to get to be a better basketball player, and he really never did. And Rudy, they, he had to make himself into a better basketball player, and he's constantly done it. And, and I, he's, he's never really been satisfied. I've told this story a thousand times. I'll admit it. But the, the, that uh, his body language before he ever was an important part of the Jazz— just sitting there, he thought he could do this. He had it in his mind that he could do what he's doing now far before anyone else believed it. And you could see it in the way he carried himself, in his body language, and the things he said. So I saw him in the locker room just sitting there going, hey, man, when we're done losing, when you're done, you're tired of losing, call my number. Let me out there. And I'll be daggone. He was exactly right. And Can you imagine if every player had that? What kind of competition would we see in the NBA? A lot of players do, but not all of them. 
I I don't even know if I would say a lot. The I really mean, have good that, ones usually have do. that kind of drive. Sure, I won't disagree with you on that. But and and how many good players that we thought could have been great that never got there? You know, Dwight Howard never got better in his career. Imagine if he got better. He's he came into the league and was was really really good for a while. Superman, yeah. but never really got better. You know, you, you you can see examples of it, and and Rudy is an example of how if you work at it and have that drive, then you can get a lot better. I I think there are other examples of it on this team, and think. In fact, I think if there's a common thread, you know, like what what if you're if you're Jordan Clarkson's new teammate, what are you telling him about the Jazz culture and how to succeed? You're telling him to work hard. Yeah. Because in the the Jazz are an unselfish team, but they don't mind people shooting. You never heard anybody really compl- complain about Jay Crowder because the whole mantra is, if you work really really hard and you play really hard, you deserve to get some shots. Now you know if if you go hero ball too many games in a row or whatever, somebody's probably going to get a little grumpy. But I think you know what I'm saying, right? If if you were giving Clarkson advice, in fact, you gave Grayson Allen this advice: say, go, hey, bust your butt. On defense, that's play hard. That's that's going to be the common fabric in this Jazz team. And if you if you play really hard, and you decide to have a thirty-five point game where you don't get an assist, a rebound, a steal, or a block, <laughs> terrific, terrific. Because who would ever do that? Because Bojan Bogdanovic plays really hard, and he does a lot of other things that help oftentimes, so you don't mind him being a little selfish from time to time. Yeah, I agree with that. And not only does it endear you to your coach and to your teammates, it does the fan base as well. Because if I know anything about Jazz fans, they appreciate effort on the floor, and they recognize it when they see it. Now, can I tell you something happened today? Actually, it happened uh, at the <clears throat> after the New Orleans game, but uh, Emmanuel Moutier talked about it today, where he he did the two finger thing oh, for yeah. the for the New uh-huh. Orleans game and talking about two time, and Moutier explained the the background of that and why he started uh, yeah. he, why he started to call you know uh, chanting that and and holding up the two fingers and and it's it's great here it is yeah man he blocked me in practice one time and then he told me. Uh, you know, you might want to take the jump shot. I told him that's why you're the two-time defensive player of the year. So ever since then, you know, he's been huge, man. I think, in my opinion, I think he should get it again. Uh, he just be, been making big plays after big plays for us. Uh, you know, we're definitely a different team without him. Uh, so I, I got, I had to start the chant two times. So, uh, like I said, hopefully three on the way. Uh, was everyone kind of on? Because obviously everyone did it the other night. After oh yeah, I got it. You know, it's an anthem now. You just got to hold up the two every time he get, he does some big and crunch in uh, crunch time. And at the end of the game, that was like peace out. We're out of here. Right? <laughs> See, we was holding it as two time, but I think they took it as peace out. They didn't they didn't know what we was talking about. So I'm pretty sure when we go back over there, they're gonna feel some. Type so which is it? Is it the two or is it the three? Because some players were flashing the three. I think it can be. Either I kind of like, cool. like the two. How cool is that? Now, yeah. now here's why I think it's really important. On top of being cool, and I'd love to see fans pick up on that. By oh, the way, yeah. when Rudy makes a, a big play, yeah. see the fans throwing out the two there, or or even the three, whatever. I've uh, never seen that before. Have you? No, no, I haven't. In anywhere. <clears throat> so I I think that needs to continue. I think fans need to really pick up on that. But that aside, so y- you and I both know Rudy a little bit, just covering him, right? Yeah. So. Part of that drive and, and who he is and has made him the player that he is, sometimes he's not the most charismatic or likable. He'll he'll tell you what he thinks. He's not really, he's not really I don't know, um, sometimes not the most endearing. Does that make any sense? Just he's, 
he's he's very serious. He expects a lot out of his teammates. I mean, it's not Donovan's so fun loving. That's that's not really Rudy's thing, right? Am I making sense? I'm not trying to insult him. It's just kind of who he is. Yeah. Although and, in the latest commercial, uh, if you've seen the uh, new commercial, he's a pretty good thespian. <laughs> now. Have you seen that one? I showed it to you. Uh, you You've did. Seen it. Has, has the public seen that yet? I don't know if they've seen that yet. Yeah, it's on Twitter. Is it? Is, is it? it on Twitter? But but because he's uh, essentially controlling Donovan, and Donovan is sitting there saying, "I wish I was as stylish as, as Rudy," and Rudy's controlling him on a flotation in a pool somewhere. It's a pretty good commercial. Those those Vivint guys uh, do a good job. But then Rudy calls out the entire team nine games into the season. That's not going to make him all that popular with his new teammates. And here's here's a bit, if you will, with Rudy the old guard and Emmanuel Moutier, a new guy kind of fitting in. And you know Rudy is eating this up. Because it's about Rudy, right? <laughs> so he, you know, you know, Rudy loves this whole two-time thing and getting recognition for a big play sure. at the end of the game. Yeah. You know, Rudy is lapping this up. That's a big-time teammate move, I think, from Moutier. I think it's it's really cool, and the fact that the those two players specifically can bond over it, I actually think it's a really big deal. Huh. Because part of this team, part of the issues was everybody's got to get on the same page and get familiar. And there was this vibe with these jazz teams that existed before that didn't really exist there for a minute. And now we're seeing this fun stuff come back up. And here's somebody who's new on the team bonding with, with somebody who's the veteran and the star and who's been here. And and it's it's about Rudy. I think I, I don't think the significance can be ignored. And the origin of it, he gets blocked in practice. <laughs> and he could funny. get angry and walk away, and instead he goes, yeah, too. And Rudy talks trash. He could have, you're, you're totally right. He could have been bent out of shape about that. But instead he said, oh, no, yeah, that's why you're the two-time defensive player yep. of the year. It's, it's cool. It is. It's really cool. It's cool and it's smart, like you said. I like it. I, and uh, I agree with you completely. And I hope the fans do pick up on it. That would be – you see everyone in the arena – with the with the with uh, the two P side <laughs> after after a big time defensive play block shot or whatever. Well, they won't have to wait long because one happens every game at least. And you know what? I don't know who's in Moutier's ear, and I've I've heard maybe it's his agent that he's got a good agent, but whoever's giving him advice on how to conduct himself in this situation is really smart. He's getting really good advice, right down to how he ended up with the Jazz in the first place. Where hey, you need to go round out your game. These guys are going to teach you how to be a better basketball player and uh, and how to you know really last in this league. And you know, right the, down to listening to that, he's getting some good advice from and someone. And the funny thing about it is, it's working. It is working. It's it's working for him. Yeah, he's so much better. The last month he has played so much better. And I'm not you know not saying he's an all star or threatening anybody's starting no, job or anything, no. but he has been more than serviceable. Yeah. I agree with that. And you've seen him utilize his strengths uh, going to the basket. Uh, and then you've seen him also keep his eyes up looking around and delivering some passes that we didn't see him uh, do all that much earlier on. So, yeah, he is paying attention. You picked up on that, what, about three or four weeks yeah. ago you said that. And it's now true. he's being a really good teammate mm -hmm. in kind of a different, unique way. He's showing how much he cares, you know? Like seriously, that's that's a thing. That's a big deal. You, uh, getting back to this, you know, Rudy's lapping it up. Seems like he would. <clears throat> yeah. This is something Rudy would would truly love. 
I don't think Rudy goes around beating his own chest, but he that pride that we were talking about, pride can be a very useful thing as long as it doesn't completely overtake you. And then you start pouting when you don't get your way and you start creating problems. But he is utilizing it to spur him on and to move him forward. And if he moves forward, the team moves forward yeah. as well. So, yeah, that's a nice nod to him. Well, and it's about Rudy in a good way, where Rudy, when he made those comments to Andy Larson in the in nine games into the season where he's saying, I need the ball more, that was about Rudy in a bad way. This is about Rudy in a really good way. This is a teammate propping Rudy up and bringing attention to the all-star on the team. Like, that's very that's very positive in its nature. As is opposed it, is to, it sincere? Um, because if it's concocted... Is it sincere or is it just sort of a a device? Well, it might not matter, but, you know, he didn't need to do this. True. I like it. I, I like agree it with you completely. Uh, this is the kind of thing that does help bond a team together. And I don't know whether Rudy's comments early in the year, were, I, we heard whispers that it was divisive and all this stuff, but should it have been really? Yes. <laughs> Do we have to go back down this road again? It just seems like, come on, can't you get past that easily? Well, I think we're seeing them get past it. I do think that's happening. So this is a good sign. I'm not saying that a team has to, you know, sit around a campfire and sing those campfire songs, you know, all that. Uh, you don't have to be best friends with your teammates, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt one bit. And that has been the tradition over the past few years, and now uh, sort of a remolding of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a good thing for this team because maybe that isn't as important for teams that have individual talents that do their work and, and don't necessarily need the help of others. But what Quinn is preaching to this team is that everybody needs everybody else. He doesn't even like dividing people up into starters and bench players. He wants everybody to be together as a team. And do it together. And so the stuff does help. Well, the truth of the matter is, if you've got Shaq and Kobe on your team in their prime, that's the most important thing ever. Talent wins out because talent is talent. It's the NBA. It's a talent league. But if you're going to be a, a team that achieves everything that it's capable of achieving, then you need that aspect. Especially right? if you don't have the best talent in the league. No, exactly what I yeah. exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if 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 you've got Kobe and Shaq and they're just fighting like cats and dogs, who cares? Because you're still going to go out there and win. But if you have uh, that next level talent, right? And uh, and you're playing together. If you're the Pistons trying to take down that Laker team, mm -hmm, which they did, of course, then. They were all on the same page, and that was the ultimate team's team and Although all that, that sort of thing. that team did have a lot of talent on it. It did, no doubt about it, but it, they weren't Shaq and Kobe in their prime. True. True. I know what a big uh, Tayshawn Prince guy you were, and Mehmet Kerr, of course, was on that team. But So, Austin, if every time Jake walked into the studio and we were to you know, like have some sort of rallying cry or some sort of hand gesture— <laughs> To pay tribute, to pay homage oh boy. to Jake. <laughs> You're number one, Jake. <laughs> yeah, what, they, what would we do? What what symbol could we come up for for Jake? How about the I love you sign? That's nice of you, Austin. Yeah. Thank you. What about your suggestion, I don't friend? know. That's why I'm asking. It wasn't a rhetorical question. I don't know the answer. Thumbs down? <laughs>
Just how about how every about, time it comes in? Eh, no, that doesn't work. How about you hold up the like the zero? Because that's my notable life accomplishments right oh, there. Oh, please. Does Just this sign mean anything? Expert. I don't know. <laughs> what about this one? <laughs> if anybody has Wait, any, I got a few more. Any good hand gestures for Jake? <laughs> Let us know. All right. Well, this I'm, one, Jake? You like that one? More coming up next. <laughs> Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. He does like that one. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. We've heard you wanted to have a special guest on. So tell us about your guest. An Iowa State alumni. He was a little overweight for a little while there, but he's dominating life now. George's. Meow! Who was the one who made the three-pointer that set the record for most threes in a game for the franchise? Not Joe Ingles, I know that. <laughs> who made all the threes to even give him a chance to make the three to set the record? Let me have my moment, man. Yeah, really, Joe, you ball hog. Now you got to be an attention hog, too? Jeez. He can have it. Hopefully the guys keep him around for a long time and I can pass my showdown to him. Hey, we're on to something here. Oh, yeah. Catch jazz man Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be part of Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today. Not really a band, more a theme, even though it's not a Tuesday. We're doing New York songs. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. You know, the Knicks are in town. You know, do you think Jim Dolan is embarrassed when he walks around town, when he makes appearances in town, for how bad the Knicks have been for so freaking long? Well, let me ask you this. Does he strike you as a dude who's, who's in touch? aware <laughs> you No, know, does he strike you as a guy who's, you know, aware of people's uh, opinions of them? If of I owned a team and my team perennially stunk, I would... Feel bad about that. Feel bad about that. Would you would you kick people out of the arena that are booing you? Because he does that. Yeah, I guess he does. But at some point, he's got to look in the mirror and say, I'm part of the problem here. And I need to change my way. Because I do believe people can change. Some people, not all people. You know, like, you, you look at this whole Can thing. Jim Dolan change? Give me an example of a bad owner who turned into a good owner. Or even or even think about this. Give us give us a bad owner that's really won a bunch of championships. Now there may Did like Mark Schott's team ever win? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that'd be an example, wouldn't it? Uh Jerry Reinsdorf isn't the most terrific owner in the world, but he had Michael Jordan 
But you don't you don't see it all that often, right? These these disaster disastrous owners. I mean, is anybody does anybody think Dan Snyder is going to put it together in D.C. anytime soon? I mean, that's uh, not been a unless joke. he just completely steps away from what's going on. Is it a coincidence that the Cleveland Browns job is the last one to be filled? Because nobody <laughs> wants to go play for that guy. Or coach, excuse me, coach for that guy, that Haslam dude. It's just right. a disaster. Who who will storm into war room on draft night and say, draft me Johnny football. Who wants to work for that guy? You know? Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine if, uh, if Gail Miller stormed into the war room on the Jimmer draft night and said, draft me that Jimmer for dad? I mean, you know. It's, like, it's, 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 it's unimaginable. Right. Well, you wouldn't even think about it. I mean, you know, maybe the Jazz would have taken Jim or maybe they wouldn't, but it wouldn't have been, you know, the owner storming into the war room and, and commanding them to take a player. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that guy in Phoenix did that with DeAndre Ayton and they missed out on Luka Doncic uh, as a result. I mean, these, these disastrous ownership groups just continue to get in their own way and then we're surprised when they're never good. I think ownership is the number one most important position in all of professional sports for any particular franchise. It does. It goes from I the top it. down. Well, coaches, personnel guys are very important because they they sort of set the tone as far as the mechanics of what's going on and whatnot. But if you don't have a good owner, I, I don't know how you win unless you're just, you just luck out. And I guess that could happen on occasion, but it won't last. Or you get Michael Jordan on your on your team, and then that helps. Well, you mentioned it. The Knicks are ten and twenty seven, and Rudy brought it up. That does that mean that they are going to just roll over tonight, and the Jazz going to have an easy victory? No, I I don't think that's the way it works. But year after year after year, Jake, this team is bad, and a lot of people look at New York as sort of being the mecca of basketball, and. I would be embarrassed if I were him. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how secure your position is. None of that. If you're a laughing stock, what? I'm sure you know how fans are back back east. When he walks into a room, what do you think the whispers are behind his back? Yeah, but nobody's going to tell him that. I mean, look who's running the Knicks. You look at, uh, what's his name, Steve Mills, who's who's not really a basketball dude. He's a guy who came up through, I'm trying to remember, it was either marketing or ticketing or one of those things. But Isn't he just kind <clears> of <throat> a, a Dolan lackey? He's Dolan's, yeah. He's, he's do, like, like, look at the, the Cowboys situation right now. You know, how on earth did Jason Garrett hold on to that job for 10 years? Without having any sort of big time success, because he was he used to crawl into uh, Jerry's lap and uh, you know uh, give him a hug. He he did whatever the hands on owner wanted him to do. Why did why did it take it forever to fire him? I mean, it's because he didn't want to fire him because it was. <laughs> and and by the way, was I the only one assuming that Jason Garrett absolutely had dirt on Jerry Jones, and that was all a negotiation of like a, a non disclosure agreement. That's that's basically what I assume. Like Jason Garrett going into Jerry's office and being like, "Jerry, hey, I know where it's buried. I know where it is. I I, I was there. I helped you bury it. I I know where it's buried." So, well, think about the. Uh, <laughs> how about nice, a nice nice theory? There. How about a nice little parachute on the way out the door? And uh, uh, I won't tell anybody where it's buried because again, I know. Who are some of the best? Because uh, owners come in all different kinds of classifications. You have owners that people root for because people like them. 
Remember when, well, this is probably before your time, but you would know this from studying the team that you cheer for. Remember when Gene Autry owned the Angels? I mean, people were rooting for the Angels to win because they love Gene Autry. The original cowboy, singing cowboy. Yeah. I mean, and then you have other owners who have just been, uh, you know, they endear themselves to their fan base uh, because Jerry Buss was a great owner. I mean, he was, you know, he was kind of a colorful character and all that sort of thing, but he knew how to put an organization together. And it hasn't really transferred from one generation to another. I look at the uh, I look at the Rooney family in Pittsburgh yeah, as kind example. of uh, a, a real standard. I don't know if you'd want to say they're the best owners in sports, but I really admire how they've done their due diligence to put the right people in the right places and then left them alone, and then watch the success happen. I mean, they've had what uh, Gordon three head coaches since the when did Chuck Knoll take over the <laughs> the late sixties? Somewhere there, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and have had unprecedented success. They're not in a huge booming market, but yet they continue to be good year after year. The Rooney family has set the tone. I mean, That's just it, the way it is. In all honesty, the Steelers could be the Cavs of the NFL, where people say, "Oh, I moved to Pittsburgh," you know. And and I actually have never been to Pittsburgh, and I'm not trying to to degrade their city i'm I'm sure it's lovely but it's in that part of the country where it's uh i don't know if you'd call it the rust belt but it's kind of been a manufacturing part of the country you know obviously the steel city and all Mm -hmm. that which haven't necessarily thrived in the past 20 you i think you get my point it could be that of the nfl but it's not it's amazing because that ownership group is rock solid and they run it the right way I, i think the millers are an example of that in the nba i mean i think there's i think uh rest is all i think paul allen was a great owner. Well, listen to the way jazz players and uh, the folks who work for the jazz, how badly they would love to uh, hand a, a trophy to Gail Miller. Yeah. I mean, there it's more than just, hey, you pay me, so I'm loyal to you. Mm-hmm. It goes beyond that. You think it goes beyond that for Jim Dolan? No. It feels like he's got a toy, doesn't it? That he meddles because he I can. I don't know what that it's, is. It's I, his plaything. I, I guess. Because I want to. I want to buddy up with Carmelo Anthony, so I'm going to mortgage the future of the franchise to get him. You know, <laughs> if that's what it is. But whatever it is, is his methodology is not working, and I don't know how the fans put up with it in New York. They've been enduring this for a long, long time. Because there's a zillion people that live there. So they they get spoiled by getting all these sellouts because it's New York City. Mm. And it's Madison Square Garden. And it's and it's really unfortunate because they don't do anything as a franchise to earn any of that. In fact, I and and we're I don't know if we have enough time to delve into this. In fact, I, I know we don't, but I saw a really good argument for relegation in uh, American <laughs> sports because it forces franchises to compete and spend their resources and do it the right way because there's a real severe consequence if you don't. You know, would would Jim Dolan be motivated to hire somebody that knew his backside from his elbow <laughs> if there was if a chance gonna that he was going to be Geely? was going to be relegated? Can you imagine? <laughs> You're going to be playing the Grand Valley Viper. What are they called? The real. Yeah. Grand... I don't know. I mean, the the Clippers for years were the ultimate example of 
don't put any resource into it. Who cares? We're going to split the revenue from the league and make just enough from the gate to put a few dollars into my pocket. I mean, that that's a thing. That's not what the vibe you get from Steve Ballmer. No. No, in fact, that's a great example of what happens when you pour a ton of energy and resources into a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And uh, so tonight, I, I don't know whether it'll be, you know, laid out and revealed and manifest in front of everybody on this particular occasion, but compare the ownership groups to yeah. these two teams. And the there success. Is no, there is no comparison. And the success that both franchises have had or not had. Yep. Over that run. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Utah Jazz shoot-around show. Here's Emmanuel Moutier. With the way this offense operates, what have you consumed the most that you feel like you've been able to put out there on the floor? Just knowing when to attack and when, you know, to get others involved. I think I'm just trying to keep figuring that out. And, you know, I'm in there with the starting group for a little bit and the bench unit for a little bit. So kind of figuring out how to pick my own spots and then try to get everybody else involved too. Does that come with a process where you're trying not to think so much and just let it be a reaction? And how is that process coming along? Yeah, I'm not thinking too much and obviously if we get stops and run that's the best basketball so we don't have to think that much the ball is moving and i think everybody you know is feeling involved too tony parks and austin horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network so put your hands together and please welcome this is utah's best sports radio guess who's back you're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out back Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Narrow. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem. Big Show, I want to remind you, join the zone in ARUP coming up this Friday from 10 to 3 at ARUP Blood Services, 9786 South, 500 West. Save a life, donate some blood. It only takes 30 minutes and you'll receive a Megaplex gift card, popcorn voucher, and jazz gear. Not to mention, uh, you'll meet Austin. Horton. Um, Gordon, let's let's play a little sand. I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on on something Roy Williams uh, said. And but what are, what are your thoughts on college coaches mm, criticizing their guys? Like we've heard Mike Mike Leach do it a bunch, right? It depends. It depends on the situation. It depends on the relationship the coach has with the players. Uh, well, uh, let's get your reaction to what Roy Williams had to say All about right. his team the other day. Okay. Coach, I did. Uh, you mentioned Saturday's game earlier, clearly a disappointing night in total, but you've said a couple times now it, it affected you more than, than a normal quote unquote loss would. Why, why were you so disappointed on Saturday night? Uh, <laughs> how long is this show? <laughs> <laughs> they outscored us in the paint 58 to 36. They shot 60%. We shot 42. I mean, how many different reasons do you – we sucked. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, we stunk. Okay, we were not very good. And uh, the crazy thing about it is our team, and we've had some very gifted teams, 
This is not a very get very gifted team. It's just not. You know, it uh, the two freshmen sort of replaced Kobe and Nasir with Armando and Cole. And you know, Cole being hurt right now, it doesn't sort of a de- decent trade. But that's not that bad trade. But Kenny, Cam, and Luke, there's nobody to replace those guys. And so, it's probably I don't think I'd say probably it's the least gifted team I've ever coached in the time that I've been back here. And so, if you're going to be like that. You got to bring your A game, even though your A game may not even be an A game. You got to bring your best game to play on game day. Okay, I don't like that. I don't like that at all because there's a couple of reasons. One, you're putting your guys down, and there's no reason to do that. You know, the the other thing is that it's self-serving from his standpoint because if this team starts winning games, who gets the credit? Yeah. And if they continue to stink, he has a built-in excuse. Yeah. But he did recruit yeah, those, you did, those did players. You? But, I mean, <laughs> you know what? Austin Austin, and I read the the comments before we listened to him. And when you listen to him, it sounds it, it sounds better than reading them. Oh, reading it's the least gifted team I've ever coached <laughs> in the time that I've been back here. The least them. gifted team I've ever coached. But that's the thing. Just because you use a nice word like gifted as opposed to, you know, doesn't make the message any better. you got to bring your A game, even though your A game may not even be an A game. <laughs> See, this, this is self-aggrandizing. Because if that team starts to win, it's because of the brilliance of the coach. I don't know if they're going to start to win. They're 8-6. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the air and one and two in ACC play. Well, so. we'll see. But <laughs> no, no I, I don't. I don't like that approach. I do like honesty out of coaches. But oh, why the least gifted team I've ever coached in the time? But if he's going to say that, then why didn't he say? Uh, and I recruited him. Throw well, yourself in there too. I like it how he like goes through exactly who, who's not gifted. I mean, you can put the. You know, we've got nobody to replace those guys. Oh man. <laughs> Well, the players didn't recruit themselves. It's Even, not. It's not their fault. They're they're the least gifted team. No, they, they they are what they are. Who brought them together? It's obviously Nike's fault. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. If Nike would have ponied up enough dough to get those guys to Chapel Hill, then we wouldn't be having this discussion. Well, I, I, I no, I don't I don't like that approach. Not gifted, Gordon. Yeah. Like I said, they can only be as good as they are. He even went Daisy. He named two players. He said those two players don't equal that one player in that part of that. How <clears throat> how bad would Austin feel if you said I had a I've had a lot of producers on my shows, <laughs> a lot of gifted, talented people. And and this and- is the least gifted producer I've ever had. Oh, your A game may not even be an A game. No. But how about that? You've got to show up and play your best each and every night, and you know what? Sometimes your best not going to be good enough because you stink. <laughs> Come on, Roy. What are you doing? Oh, man. All right, stay tuned. Uh, David Locke's going to join the show. Coming up next, uh, Tim Lacombe will jump on with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Real quick, tell me, are Brad and Jen going to get back together? I just need to know your opinion on that. I've heard they're just friends, but so I don't know. Okay. More next, 97.5. I feel better now. 1280 The Zone. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Sean Devaney, NBA writer. What are the chances of the Utah Jazz getting one all-star bid? And what are the possibilities of them maybe even getting two? I think they've got a pretty good argument to get two. You know, obviously the West is much more crowded than what you're going to see in the East. But certainly Donovan Mitchell, I think you've got to find a spot for him. As many good backcourt players as there are in the NBA uh, in the Western Conference, I think that his numbers and the Jazz overall performance, you know, they justify him being on there. Whether they get a second one, that can depend more on how the coaches see things. But I think that the better the Jazz play and the more they slide up in the standings, the more likelihood that you're going to have probably Gobert be the guy who uh, gets that second nod. Uh, And I think he's got a pretty good case for it. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Tim Daly Nissan Southtown is the number one Nissan dealer in the region for one.